Do, 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 do you queer, 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 queer what I queer? Do you queer what I queer? This is Dick Wayne. Jesse. First, he forgets the damn hookup we need for this episode, which is why it sounds like shit. Thank you for reminding that, actually. I was not even going to pin that on Jesse, but it's Jesse's fault. And now he's causing an absolute commotion. It's a cacophony. Of Jesse stomps. Of stomping. How dare he? Silencing queer voices as usual, what he does best. Just clomping around. Just clomping around. On hardwood floor. Um, That's actually so... (laughs) Is that the start? Hi! Hi, Elliot. Hi, Tom. Hi, listeners. How are you? Oh, that's fantastic. They're doing good. Well, you're going to do even better now because you're listening to Do You Queer What I Queer. And that's Elliot. And that's Tom. And we're Dickwick. And you're in for a wild ride today. Wild ride. We buckle up buttercups. Actually, well, first of all, um, before we introduce our fantastic guest this week, uh, we did have some audio issues. Uh, we are consummate professionals, as you know, so we have done everything in our power to fix and correct the audio yes. um, because it was a pretty uh, once in a lifetime sit down interview that we had yes uh, so we did our best with it um apologies we, no we make no apologies i'm gonna i'm gonna cut you off right there we <laughs> don't you. make apologies thank you very much i we don't do cast blame on jesse. on jesse how dare he forget <laughs> thanks for that you're welcome here to help here to support so what 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 can listeners expect from this episode what's gonna go on listeners can expect a lot so we uh were lucky enough t- um elliot for you and i to sit down with mark henderson who is uh, a many a thing uh, actor, model, costumier, 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 costumer, costumer. <laughs> I like costumier. That's this is the perfect thing of my life. I try to make things really complicated when they're actually quite simple. Um, and he's had quite. Uh, he he comes on to talk about. Uh, his a very prolific queer history. Yes, living here in Toronto and and elsewhere, um, he has many stories to tell that are each one more interesting than the last. And I think for a season about queer history, um, you can't get much better than this. You can't get much better than this. He has a lot to say. Truly, and and he also so he he contacted us at the podcast uh, because it is coming up on the anniversary. Um, of his uh, being attacked by Bruce Bruce MacArthur, uh, the serial killer um, who you know killed in Toronto, and um, and it's coming up on the anniversary of him surviving that, and so he sits down to talk with us about um, you know the, what the outcome has been from that, about the failings of the police department, um, about his own time in the police department, which he was an officer for a while. Wild. Just just there's 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 so much coming at you. It's unbelievable. Um, and we are grateful to have got to sit down with mark yep and um just quickly you'll hear this when you listen but um it's also the anniversary of of gay halloween yes on church street um so this monday uh, october 31st halloween duh everyone knows when halloween is <laughs> you can go and mark uh is um is hosting a costume contest yeah on the corner of church and alexander um so show up at, at, at nightfall Wearing your kookiest, spookiest, sluttiest gear, and you may win $1,000. $1,000 grand prize. Uh, look for the crowd on the street on Halloween. Yeah, I'm very interested. I, I can't wait. Please write in to us about this episode. I'm so interested to hear what the listeners have to say about all of the things that, that Mark um, 
that Mark goes through. Yeah, especially your Toronto listeners who will um, recognize the iconic spots and the iconic events. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, those those in New York as well. So yeah, uh, buckle up. You're in for quite the Halloween ride. See you on the flip side. history i very much wish that this was a um youtube channel rather than um uh than a, a, an audio an show. audio show uh, because we are seated here in front of the dark prince himself dracula dracula how are you <laughs> oh for 400 years old i'm fine <laughs> okay 400 now uh, 400 years dead um i'm loving it uh if you <laughs> Elliot, why don't you describe a little bit okay, of gonna, what we're getting with Dracula? I'm going to start with the hair. I'll just go top down for Dracula here. I don't know what the hairstyle is called, but it's like two perfectly quaffed little little cinnamon butt like rolls. Buffons. Yeah, buffons. That's the right word, seeming. It's a Baroque style wig, but you really got to back this up because you walked by me on the street. Oh, yeah. I was terrified that this might be your guess. Yeah, I was just terrified in general. Actually, <laughs> terrified that, I, that I'd lose my life, <laughs> terrified oh. that you'd suck my blood, which you did say you were going to do, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm, I'm dead set against Halloween being an opportunity to be cute when you dress like a cowboy or a sailor. <laughs> like, it's about gouged out eyes, severed hands. It's about being creepy, making yeah. people completely on edge. Who's the time to be cute nowadays? <laughs> Last year, my costume was um, those dogs with the crispy red eye stains. So I went with, like, just a lot of, like, really oily-looking fur and, like, really, like, red buildup around the eyes, so. I had a friend who was blind, and he had seen eye dogs, so I did the three of us up, like, the three blind mics, and we won a $100 bar tab. And then (laughs) we got so drunk that at the end of the night, I refused to drive my car home, but I told him he could drive, and he was blind. So he got in the driver's seat, drove home on my instruction. Oh <laughs> my <laughs> god! Before the letters and come in, you die. <laughs> before the letters come in, I don't endorse that kind of behavior. I just did it when I was. Exactly, you're the prince of evil. Exactly. Um, yeah. Will you continue, please? With yes, because we so, only stopped at the hair. Yeah, we have some bouffants. Um, we have a lovely. Uh, your skin tone is lovely. It's it's like a. Um, Hmm. Like a sun bleached poster that's like, been in a restaurant for a long time. Like a like a white fence post that's been in the sun for a few hundred years. Yeah, and you know if you touch it, it's going to be powdered It'll like that crumble. kind of way. Yeah, absolutely. That's beautiful. You have a lovely beard um, upon which your teeth are painted. Um, so that's a really good detail. And I feel like I may be outing Dracula to our listeners right now because your it's teeth. A good makeup tip for anyone yeah. with a beard is you can flatten away your beard wow. with soap and hair dryer. Ooh, listen, people are already learning. And what is this, <laughs> net five? <laughs> listen to the record. Listen to And your teeth, if I am if I may be so bold, as to guess they're tripping with the blood of a virgin. Mm. I don't think he was a virgin. <laughs> <laughs> but it's blood. It's blood regardless. And moving on down, we have a resplendent. I'm not even sure it's blood. <laughs> Things are moving pretty fast. Oh, I see. <laughs> moving down, we have a resplendent. Um, um, uh, what, what is this? What is this? A silk taffeta, extended banyan. Banyan is the term used for men's coats that they would wear around the Alistair Castle. I love it. It's, I Am I too gay? Am I too gay? No, I know what I'm just not, you're not, you're, uh, Yeah, it's not possible. 
But I just never realized how gay Dracula was until this moment, which is very heteronormative of me. Yeah, I feel like you're erasing um, Dracula's history right now, so... <laughs> and the whole theme of this season is history, and here I go erasing it. It's oh. a really gay moment when he's shaving Keanu Reeves and then, like, licks off the razor. It's sexy. Oh. I mean, like, and everything that spawned from that is sexy. Like, Interview with the Vampire is one of the horniest pieces of vampire media yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah, and there's a new uh, show about that. Anyway, um, I digress. I'm sorry, I took us way off the rails there. Our guest this week is Mark Henderson, um, model, actor, actor costume, model, performer in any genre, from mild to wild, whatever will pay the rent. <laughs> and he has joined us as Dracula. Uh, to help promote um, something going on in the village in Toronto this this upcoming week, and also to share a bit about his um, his history as a queer man. We should um, also just before we get into it, because it's some really good tension in the room here. Tom is wearing uh, Sunny. I always mixed up Sunny Dale. So Buffy the Vampire Slayer is uh, Alma Matt Matter. Yeah, uh, her T shirt. So Tom is basically actively committing an act of violence right now um, by saying he'll slay this vampire. It's true. It's um, it's, a, it's a hilarious coincidence. I have really ever worn this Buffy shirt before. I don't think I've ever seen it. by wearing it, I have committed to slaying vampires. And here I am interviewing one. Well, I've already won, though, because when he saw me on the street, he sort of, like, flinched and then minced past me with... Absolute fear. I so. did flinch in mints. Also, there's, I'm trying to get you're to You're mincing this, while you're sitting, right? <laughs> I'm trying to get to this interview. Dracula is stopping me. And then it took me way too long to realize, oh, no, Dracula is not what's stopping me. Dracula is what's, is what's propelling me. Aw, that's so sweet. Because you guys are also young. I'm using words like mints. These are old gay guy words. So No, I know um, mince meat. That's something. <laughs> mince meat. <laughs> I know mince and I know meat. Put them together and I'll laugh. Is a mince like a wince, kind of? Or is it gayer? Gayer. It's like, like a little, like, tap. Like, you're going to tap around it. Like, he, like, scurried. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Okay, good. I'm getting a really good image. Tom, I can see that for you. Oh, mince me. You guys got to be on TV because just the way the nails worked in that one was pretty good. <laughs> We're slowly working up. We're building the courage. Oh, no. To I'm be seen. A, I don't know if I can do that with all of my jobs right now. I could get in trouble by the school board. <laughs> I'll get you fired. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Mark, why don't you tell us what's going on this week? Well, it's the 30th anniversary of Halloween on Church Street, which for you young people, you just think, well, the party's always been there. And it always really hasn't. Mm. Um, I'll just start on the first of that 30 years, because the segment before it's even more fascinating, and I was there for that, too. But my friend, her name was Cheyenne Lee, and she was a single mom, and she had big red lips and uh, smoked and was on the pill and had an, uh, you know, an inheritance that kicked in every month. And the kind of gal you could just have fun with if you're a gay guy, right? Oh, my gosh. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, told, I totally didn't much. appreciate how much I loved her. But we went out, and in a costume bin, she found a dress with cups, and inside the left head it said, Oh, my love, first. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, gosh. That's, <laughs> fucking That's what I should have said. <laughs> Inside the left tit, it said Trish. She goes, this is my costume. I'm like, but I'm going to be Dracula. And she's like, then I'm the dead show girl girlfriend. You drag through time. You know, and that was our, our thing. So Halloween was on a Sunday night that night. So we went out on a Friday night. And we were set to go all over the city. 
And no matter where we went, people would just look at us like, this is really strange. <laughs> there was no dollar store to drive holidays. So it could be St. Patrick's Day or Valentine's Day. And you would have no clue unless you looked at, like, people would be like, oh, it's Valentine's Day? I had no clue. All of that's different now because the dollar store drives are holidays. There was no tchotchke on the window with witches and brooms and bats. None of that. Mm. So we just looked like a weirdo. If a man dressed in costume, if he wasn't wearing the prescribed Jerry Seinfeld sort of look, there was something really wrong with him. And he could be immense meat by the time the night's over. If a girl was in costume, she was a weirdo and you could probably find her. And mm-hmm. that was just, that was the vibe. Mm-hmm. So the next night she said, well, it'll be midnight on Saturday. That'll be really Halloween. They're going to be going Saturday night. So come back and we'll do it again. So the next night we painted back up and out we went and walked into a couple of places and just I fell on the floor like you wouldn't believe. So she said, you know what? Tomorrow's Halloween. It's Sunday night. The gays are really sniffy. They're going to be purists. It's Sunday night. So the third night, I go back over to a place where painting. I feel like a rock cat at this point. Like, you know, just all we're doing is sleeping and getting done up to go out for drinks. <laughs> we ended up at Woody's where they snarled at us until we left. We went outside. There was like a faint cheer from... Um, the one across the road, what's that? Cruising Tango. Mm. And she was lighting up the cigarette. She said, let's go over there, check it out. So as we were crossing the road, a car flashed its lights at us. And she said, it's not supposed to be out in the in the bars. It's supposed to be out here. We're going to die on the hood of that car like Shields and Yarnell. You wouldn't get that reference, but old people watching, well, they were mimes that were on Donnie Maria left. So we mined this dying on the hood of the car, and then we were trying the door and sticking our hand through the windows. And the crowd started to build, and the drag queens started to watch with a great deal of interest. And then the drag queens came and it went ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching up. And then the cop showed up, and the cop was hot and into it, and my friend is straight. And so we said to her, like, you work them. So she's like, you know, we're just having fun. And he was flirting with her a bit. And he's directing traffic. He said, I can't do this for too long, but I get it. And so one of the few times in my story where the cops will come and say the rest of the time, we're just going to slap him. Oh, God. Um, so that was the first uh, Halloween. She said, come on, let's go. And they were closing off the street. The police said, no, we have to shut this down. But come back next year with a permit. And you can have the whole street. So we got Sean, from, who was the manager of the 501, to pay for the permit. Bunny put the stage outside the 501, which was at the corner of Church Mosley, had a stage and did the first performance with it. And the street was closed the following year. So that was yeah, the first the fuck out of town. Oh my yeah. God. Uh, he's dead. She's dead. And I'm here to tell the story. And really, I want to just make sure that the archives and people that look at our history see her contribution because it was an ally. Mm-hmm. And we really include them in our stories. So, sure. yeah. You know, and I think it's like, they build pyramids in Egypt and they build them in Mexico the exact same way. So it might be that like 14 other people can sit here and tell you how they invented Halloween that first night. Right. Because once it erupted, it was on mm-hmm. and like it never went back. So I, I know it was she and I lit it. I know that. But I'm also not married to that if someone comes and takes it away and has a better, better platform. <laughs> like, <laughs> The thing is, it's just, it's really cool. We have a second pride and it's for people that 
that do what I'm doing right now. Yeah, I love that. Which you saw outside was kind of a little bit of a hit. You know, but people were into it. Like you had everyone's head turning. People were literally stopping. Oh, yeah. So before that, that's Cheyenne Lee and me and the 30 years. And I, I want to just pump that I'm, I'm appearing at Loblaws at the Church of Carlton location. Mm-hmm. I'll be in the foyer with a throne and all bunch of scary things. And they told me to keep it. Right. Family friendly. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> My reputation wasn't perceived. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I like scaring kids. You know, yeah. I'm not going to work in a daycare. <laughs> Dracula. Then, um, so that's happening. And then let's go back in time. Uh, I was 16 years old. It was the 70s, and Sasha McKenzie was arrested for doing drag. Now, at that time, if you went out dressed as a woman, you were. Probably arrested, but most likely just taken and beaten by the police. Fuck. What they would like to do often is take you disheveled and beaten into the drunk tank, throw the guy in there in a dress, but no shoes, like nothing that can be weaponized. And then in the morning say, see ya. And you don't get your shoes back and you're walking home at nine in the morning in half drag. And that was very, very common. How there was a bar by the central Y called the, St. Charles, and they have a watchtower. Mm-hmm. And you would say to a, another gay guy, Do you drink under the clock? Mm-hmm. And that would be, Are you gay? If you rode the second to the last subway car, that was the cruising car. So you would go in there after work on your way home, and it was like a little gay bar. And wow. people wore those hankies in their pockets to indicate that yeah. they were gay, tops and bottoms, and mm-hmm. all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. They were all bottoms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's changed. <laughs> so, the the St. Charles would have drag queens going in and out on Halloween night, and half the crowd would be there to cheer them on, and the other half of the crowd would be there to pelt them with eggs or fight with them. Wow. And people would come in from Oakville and Bowmanville and Oshawa to kick ass with gay guys. And take in mind, too, the, the location of the Loblaws at Carlton and Church at that time was the Maple Leafs home rink. Yeah. Right. So at any point, you could just have tens of thousands of straight people out knocking over uh, garbage cans, right. and you know, if Halloween and hockey night were on the same night, it was going down right on Young Street. And um, so that's drag queens like Michelle DeBerry were what we call passable mm-hmm. because she kind of looked like a real woman, and. Um, Sasha McKenzie was arrested. And many were arrested in this time period. This is just my story with this drag queen. And then we took a, to go to the courthouse down at Queen and Bay. Mm-hmm. We took a limousine. She was all done up in drag. I was done up as a chauffeur in a sequin outfit. And I came out and opened the door and the press were there taking her photos. And I'm 16 years old. I'm blonde. <laughs> I got a six pack and I'm on like a mule. And I knew how to work it. You knew I had a hot ass as I walked toward like, you. <laughs> 16. That was my vibe, and I knew I was wealthy. I, I need to about just as a homophobic helicopter that will not leave us right now. So <laughs> listeners, trying to silence you. They're trying to track down Dracula. We're not, tell- we're not telling anybody. <laughs> so that where were we? Oh yeah, maybe a hot. You're a hot ass sixteen year old. So we went into this the the courtroom. The judge came out, read the charges, and said, "This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Dress how you want." Wow. No, buddies in bad times was not quite what it is now, and it might even be a predecessor of it. But 
we one time read a play written by Mae West in like 1913 or 1916 or something, and it was either called Sex or Drags. I can't remember which. Mm-hmm. Sex was about sex, and Drags was about life backstage with drag queens. I can't remember which one it was. But three officers from the Toronto Police Morality Squad came inside in on the reading of this. Oh, right. This was the time. Madonna came here for her girling tour, mm-hmm. and they told her if she simulated masturbation on stage, she would be stopped. And she would be stopped and she'd be arrested. This was this was what it was like. Jesus. So by the time AIDS came and that just wiped everybody out. And I was in New York at that time and I'd fallen in with like um my friend said, Do you want to go with me? I have to go to my friend's studio. So I go and it was Andy fucking Warhol was his friend. <laughs> and we get there and he's like, what's your story? And I'm like, I just have a hot ass. Like, I don't have any time. <laughs> and he's like, let's see it. So I would go to his studio all the time. This room like, quite decorously. It means neatly. Place <laughs> my clothes on my sneakers by the door. And I'd spend all day just hanging out with him nude. And he would photograph. He was doing Polaroids. He was doing film. I was at an Andy Warhol Thing in New York, and I'm like, that film, that's me. That's Whoa. And um, you, there's one shot where you can see head to toe, and shots where he's got somebody, and I'm tipping my foot up because the studio was very dirty. Mm. The soles of my feet would get black, and he would ha- ask someone to wipe them off for the photo, or like if he didn't want them in. There's a great famous shot of me putting my foot up like a mule and somebody wiping off my foot, and I'm totally naked. Oh that my was, God. That was my life at that point. Um, it, it, we would go to the opera or to the ballet twice a week mm-hmm. at least three or four times a month we knew all the dances we knew who they were dating we knew who the street girls were we knew if they were married we, they knew us the, the audience was gays and Jews in New York for the ballet and then within the span of a year the whole fucking gay population was wiped out oh god God, just God, they all died and AIDS hit hard. All the male cast in the ballet were gone. And people say to me, well, do you like New York still? And I'm, it's not what it was. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember a very different time. We were we were kings and queens. Mm-hmm. You could be a butch lesbian. Nobody looked the other way. You could be a butch lesbian at eight in the morning, going out, drinking and dancing. In New York at that time, it's it's gone. I like that now. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm lamenting change, because I really like change, and I think you kids are going to do something different mm-hmm. with the world, and I'm fine. But it was fun. The fact that I'm sitting here is a goddamn oh, miracle. Mm-hmm. And um, back in Toronto, the police are bad. The mayors are bad. I mean, they sucked ass. Uh, uh, what was Not it? Art <laughs> Eggleton. Yeah, I I. I I stole his blue box and we printed the contents of his. There was like eight bottles of scotch or 15 bottles of vodka. And I, I published them all. And, you know, I met his wife when his ex wife, and she and I had met Princess Diana together. And I said to her, You know, we have some history. And I also went through your blue box and published it. She was, That was you? <laughs> like four bottles of Chanel. She said, I was. I don't go through that much perfume. I just threw out a bunch of old stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and I made them both look like feedback. <laughs> Oh, God. The the gays had dropped Halloween. And I'm trying to keep Halloween as my theme because there's all, like, we can go down like war. I can just just keep going. Studio 54, the VIP was downstairs and I never got in. 
and really on top of the community, look at over, look over at us, over and touch us, and then go downstairs. They're all dead. Like going going downstairs was actually bad. The only one who survived is Liza. Um, but Toronto Halloween, the gays are in. They're not going out there. They're going anywhere near this for kids. Mm. No dollar store. No vibe. No place to play. Woody's wouldn't wouldn't have it. And we happened along at the right time. And uh, the AIDS was the big one because people were. The iconography around death. Mm-hmm. We would go to dinner parties, and I'd be your age. And we'd all be fighting over who was getting what was the song? Streisand somewhere from West Side Story. And I remember the first guy that died at the table was a guy named Leo, who was a big model here in town. And uh, he got somewhere as his song. The rest of us were damn him. Like now we had to get different songs for our funeral. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> we were. I was twenty three. Mm-hmm. We were fighting over the song of Peter Funeral soon. Um, yeah, I've always been a rare bird. Like I do my own thing. I, I walk around like this all the time. <laughs> it's not an event for me to go walking through Queens Park. And most of the people just see me. They have the camera and they see me. They'll be like, <sighs> <laughs> you again. They're so over it. <laughs> and um, you know. The closest I could come to having any kind of expression was Electric Circus with City TV. Monica Diol was the host, and I'm box number two, and I'd go up and I'd wear really, well, maybe a sequin shirt with some tidy whites, you know what I mean? And that was out way outside the box. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember she came over to me and said, let's talk to some of our dancers. What are you doing? You're not here. And I said, well, and I took the microphone from her. She gave it to me. I'm like, in Canada. <laughs> I'm like, well, I said, I party on Uranus. There's men in Uranus. There's ice in Uranus. Things are growing in Uranus. <laughs> and I just mopped the floor with her. And then she threw me out. <laughs> She's like screaming, like, get out of here. And I went outside and I was with my coat thrown at me. And I opened up the door to go to the out of the way of City TV out, and like all the kids were cheering it's the Uranus guy <laughs> so I went right to the stand-up comedy circuit and just kept negative momentum mm. it, we see it now all the time with like the Cardassians but mm-hmm. back in my day it, there was no negative momentum I remember I'm taking heads off with this interview of one guy named Jay Switzer at City TV is probably still there he, I had a meeting with him because I'd submitted to do a show called The Gay 90s. And I went and I sat there and his secretary let me in. It was a beautiful office at Queen and John, that ornate building and facing southwest. And he stood up and he said, Mark, they don't want queers on TV. <laughs> and I just showed, he showed me the door and I walked out of there. It didn't hurt me because I knew he was wrong. I just knew he was wrong, and it was just an obstacle. And there's a lot of obstacles for everybody, you know. But that that was just such a graphic one. Um, much music went right into the toilet soon after, and because of the Uranus guy and all that stuff, I I got handed a video by uh, Mitsu called Momo Cowboy, and I I said to everyone. Do you know it? You know, because uh, I said to everyone, there's this movie we do in New York, and I knew the word twerking hadn't been invented. And so I, I pulled out my pants, and I'm one of the first people in town to have a thong. And I started doing it, and they're like, 
and I'm flapping, I'm flapping, and they're like, "That is disgusting." <laughs> you can see it in the you can see it in the video, but they cut it really fast, and she was uncomfortable with it. Mitsu now would be like, "Please, just give me some press." Mitsu, if you're out there, I want to see you again. Um, it was just I just let it all hang out. And, um, so let's say I'm. 16, 17, 18, I'm bouncing between Toronto, New York, and Montreal. And I just was bouncing all the time. One time I went home with this guy, and in the morning he said, do you need help getting home? And I said, no, I'm fine. And then I walked by the window, thank God, and I'm like, um, that's close to the parliament. He said, yeah, you're in Ottawa. And I'm like, yeah, I'll take the help getting home, please. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was my life. I was moving pretty fast, and I shouldn't have been drinking as much as I did. And I, I can say now I haven't had a drink in, like, 31 years. So, wow. You know, that had to go. But at that time, um, I would go to the bathhouses um, because sometimes I didn't have a place to live in New City, so I would stay at the bathhouse. And... I was in the bathhouses for the raid in 1981. Jesus. So as the cops are kicking ass and they're re- they got, it's a huge orchestration against the community. I'm so poorly planned. And um, I think Crombie was the mayor of that. And uh, it, it, trust me, no mayor was good. Mm-hmm. You know, um, not until we got up into like the early 2000s. I think Barbara Hall was like the first good one. And uh, M- Mayor Miller was pretty good um and chiefs of police were bad you know uh, it was just disgusting but the the raid happened and i'm in there and of course i usually have was wearing no what no matter what time here is like what was left of a jaycock and a thong that was my outfit right and, and, and really nice shoes i always would jazz up my shoes or whatever them or, I was like a club kid when that didn't exist like people just thought i was nuts and people will <laughs> Accuse me of being nuts for this tonight, but I'm right on point. Like nothing's changed for me. I'm not, and I'm not telling anybody else what to do. Um, <laughs> but the cop, the one detective, said to me, "How old are you?" I said, 16 and a half." He's like, "Get the fuck out of here!" And he turns to his friend, he's like, "I don't need that. I don't need that in this." Mm. So I got, I, I was released. But there's a great famous shot of all of us, sort of two or three nights later at the corner of Church and Wellesley, and I'm like, right down the left corner. Like, so, here I am, 16 years old, like, leading parades, being led in parades up Young Street. Not that I led it, but Fred Hawks and all those people were there um, doing stuff, and people killed themselves as a result of that because when they were arrested, they were outed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I never, like, I never came out because I never went in. And, but some one, some one guy I remember, William, he had clear nail polish and he worked at Sears downtown in the furniture department. He would show off furniture. And when he would get out of the Wellesley Street subway at the end of the day, he'd snap out the bracelets, he'd turn the tie into a cravat, he'd loosen the shirt. When he got to church, he was Billy. Oh. So everybody above me was a liar. Yeah. And I, not, I'm, I'm saying that the way it just... That's what it wants to be. Yeah. yeah. Because as I wasn't lying. Yeah. You know, one of the one of the big accusations against the police with me is that they'll say Henderson doesn't tell the truth. But you know, I went through an experience in 2001 with the serial killer attacking me on Halloween Day. And to this moment, I've never been spoken to with an officer. Are you serious? Yeah. 
I've never spoken to a police officer about it. So that's another thing. That's that obviously a systemic fucking huge issue. Right? Yeah. Well, the police are the big babies, right? Like they, they won't want to be told, oh, good boy, good girl, mm-hmm. good boy, good girl. So I am. Um, yeah. As my life rattled on, and I, I became a nurse because uh, we had to do something about Casey House mm-hmm. uh, yeah. for AIDS and HIV, and everybody was dying, and there was no going back to New York. There was no going to Montreal. The drinking was over. I had to get real. Mm-hmm. And I was dancing as a go-go boy, and we didn't show everything. Like, everyone, I'd be thrown out of people's homes because I was a stripper. Mm-hmm. But we didn't show everything. It was like, you weren't allowed to take anything off, and thongs didn't exist. I was the very first person to wear one. All the other dancers got mad, and the next night, they all had them. <laughs> they went home and cut out stuff. But um, I overheard a conversation with June Colwood, whose son had been killed in a motorcycle accident, and he had $20,000 insurance money. And she said, if I give this to you guys, can you do something with it? And can we make enough money to build Canada's first AIDS hospice and call it Casey House after her son? Wow. So, of course, I wanted to be in the show. and. All the drag queens love me. I go out of town with them all the time. And uh, well, I remember there was a guy named Craig Russell. He was a real drinker, right? And he'd make $500 and drink 600 of it. He never gave a dime to charity. If you look at the drag queens now, they give every fucking dime back. You know, they hardly have money for food and fabric. And they are giving money back nowadays. I have such respect for the actors that are drag kings and queens in the city. But, um... He took me out of town one time, and we got to Windsor, and we, we were too tired to, to drive. We had been held up at the border because Craig was a bit of a mess. And I said, Craig, we got his hotel, a, mo- a little motel room. And I said, I'm really hungry. i got to eat something. And he said, hold on. And when he went down to the van. I could see him going through the costumes. And I thought, if he comes up with a wig and a dress and thinks he's going to take my mind off my hunger with this, Came up the Mae West outfit, sat there with a pair of scissors and pulled at the, the breast and pulled out two bags of rice and dropped them on the, the, the bed. And he put them on a hot plate and we ate it with our fingers. Oh my God. And came back to Toronto flat broke. So this was drag. If you were a drag queen, you were one inch away from being a criminal and a drug addict in mm-hmm. years. You were not respected. It was a joke on TV. You look up. TV shows like All in the Family where they have a drag queen and she's just a, a, a joke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The gay character is always a joke. There's almost a gay character in Golden Girls, but it was such a farce that they wouldn't, they, they just cut him out. Mm. Thank goodness, because I think it would have been horrible. But um, we rented the theater at Bathurst and uh, Bloor, called the Bathurst Street Theater. And with the 20 grand, we put on a show. And we gave June Coleman back 80 grand and she bought Casey House. That was the down payment on Casey House. Quick as a bunny, I got into college. You could become a nurse in two, two years back then. Mm-hmm. So I was a registered nurse by the time the doors opened. Um, and I was walking towards it. I remember June Coleman was on her hands and knees wiping off the, the window, the stained glass window at the front. And I thought, that's, that's what you do. You don't look for someone to clean out the window, you get down when something has to be done and you do it. Mm-hmm. And as we went short up for work, they had the Catholic Church and all kinds of groups and people that were had placards with our names on it going against us. They didn't know what an AIDS hospice was and they, they thought they could get it if they licked a library book. 
I say for they do live. Oh my God, that's they're going out of their minds. I, I I specifically say the Catholic Church because now the Catholic Churches and St. Mike's have absorbed KCMs. Mm-hmm. And so now it's like 180. I remember being a nurse. I'm now 20, 21, 22, and I'm hot, I'm blonde, I've got a six-pack, I'm hung like a horse, I'm working my ass at a bathhouse, at a table with another public health nurse, and we're telling guys to use condoms. And I remember this one queen came in, wears the towel too high and has a mustache like a clone, you know, and says, birth control? Honey, do you know where you are? <laughs> I knew where I was. And, <laughs> you know, and wow. gone. So this is the ball of wax that was flopped out. And at the end of it, 1992 is... The first year Halloween can come back. This is these are our roots, mm-hmm. and it's all fed by the police. You know, like there's a, a thing called the BNI. I'm gonna interrupt you. There is a, a bug on your wig. It's the most Halloweeny thing. Tom's gonna get it. Oh my god, it's crawling. It's just fall. Did you get it? Yeah, I got it. Okay. Where, where did it go? I don't know. <laughs> they're, they're very nutritious. Wow, this is very. Fascinating. Yeah, I, I feel like we need to have follow-ups with you. I'm not the guy. I'm the guy beside the guy that did stuff. Mm. But that's really being a guy. Like somebody has to be 12 bucks short of a million. <laughs> I witnessed a lot of stuff in this in our little community. And so when I go to somebody like Lava and I say to them, You've got a 20-foot wall of cheese. That's not paying for itself. That's your gay dollar. And if you don't want to work with me because I've done some triple X stuff and it's on, you know, Pornhub or whatever. I said to him, you, you watch yourself because the guys coming in here after the gym are all on their only pants. Mm-hmm. The guys coming in here are, you know, as gay as groceries and they're not seeing the gay dollar. Yeah. I, I think Loveless does give back an awful lot to the community, but it's quiet. Mm-hmm. So I just think people need to show their hand. And it's so heterogeneous. Mm-hmm. Like certain businesses on Church Street now, that identity's changed. I think we've probably lost a bit forever. But maybe that's a good thing because you can just be gay anywhere. Mm. Like, yeah. That's what we always talk about, the sort of pros and cons of having church streets sort of falling away from us. It's like, right, because the younger kids now don't need that safe haven, which is great. But then it's such a special, important part of the city and our history. And, yeah. They yeah. think they don't. But, and I alluded to it. I'll just really quickly go over the serial killer thing. But 2001... Mm. In, at noon, in, in the daytime, I was followed into my building by a man who took a pipe to the back of my head, fractured my skull, broke my hand and arm, and it was serial killer Bruce MacArthur. Jesus Christ. And the police told me that. I said, he's lying. And they said, we think you're both liars. That was it. That was the only conversation I ever had with the police officer. The police officers thought you were both liars. Yeah. You with, like, wounds. From yeah. an assault. Oh my God, Martin. So sorry. By the time he got to court two years later, he'd been advised by his lawyer to go after me. And so they said, you know, Henderson's a, an escort or a prostitute or you know, a hustler. And um, to be an actor, the French have a term. It says that I can't remember what the words are in French. It's really beautiful. But it says an actress is somehow more than just a woman, and an actor is somehow less than a man. <laughs> and that was really the thing and I, you know that 
it was awful to go through that. It threw me off for about five years, but I then became a police officer in 2007. Mm -hmm. I was the first openly gay uh, valedictorian and did the speech. All my class was people of color mostly, and you could see their differences. Mine, they looked like they gave it to the white guy to be the valedictorian, and then I thanked my partner, Michael. And it was just my friend. I said, I'm going to neck with you, so just pretend we're together. <laughs> and, and after I had my speech run over and just started necking with him in uniform in front of the whole brass. Oh my so God. they threw my fucking ass right into headquarters and they had me like this the whole time. But I just made it as gay as I could. My, I wasn't even out of training and I started an initiative coffee with the cops. And any officer that was out there wanted free coffee would come and give free coffee out to the gay guys and talk with them. So at first, all the cops were here and all the gay guys were there. And one my friend Bert Campbell says, can we take their photos? I'm like, go oh, ask them. By the end of the day, the cops were wearing the, you know, fur, fur vests and the, the strippers were wearing the top hat. It got kind of messed up, but it's still an initiative today. I was a good officer. And then I just hired as many lesbians as I could to staff headquarters, and some of them are still in there. And uh, what got you out of I didn't want to be a nurse. I didn't want to be a, a cop, but I was sitting at home and something had to be done. And yeah, I, no one was going to do it. Yeah. And the moment I, I put a lot of people in and each of you, I hope you find what I found in life. I don't seek power. Mm. I, I seek influence. If I can say or do something to someone and change the direction of their life, that's that to me is such a high. Mm. Now, I have so many people that in my life that they can look at it and say, I can't blame Mark Henderson for this, but I can say it only happened because he was there. Mm. And I'm really proud of those moments. Um, and I don't, I don't, you can't, I don't keep track of them or go around telling people about it. Yeah. But, you know, it's, I'm happy with myself. I'm yeah. content with myself at the end yeah. of the day. The fact that you're sitting here dressed yeah. as Dracula, who's one of the most influential and hip hypnotizing characters is not lost on me at the moment. You guys really want to try the cape on right now. <laughs> <laughs> I know those words are very powerful and I, yeah, they touched me. I agree. I agree. Yeah. If only people that are in power wouldn't want to be in power, right? Like it's always the people yeah. that are vying for it that the politicians want power. They don't want to help people, but really what they should be doing is People. I don't know what the future is, but I can tell you what the past is. Mm. King Tut would make a decree and would go to 12 people. You know, his voice could only carry as far as he could yell. Right. Or, uh, you know, uh, Cleopatra. Well, you can talk to 12 people. Mm. You can take a message you have and you can send it right now as we speak to Rome, get a reply, and have that person in action. You guys stand where no one's ever stood. I'm envious of what you guys will see. I won't be here much longer. You know, if I have another 10 years on this planet, it'd be a gift. I'm old. You guys have, I can't even imagine what you're going to see. I hope at some point down the way, someone takes a look at my life from a forensic point of view and all the things I've done and then says, you know, you can cut Anderson some slack. He actually, like, he was consistent and told the truth. And you, well, it's just, it's so interesting to hear you say this, like, and you're on TikTok now, right? Like you are active and participating in this. And, um, I just, I think there's something so interesting about, cause TikTok is such a young platform, right? And the fact that all of these kids get to learn directly from you, I think is really powerful. 
Yeah, it's funny. You, you sound like you're counting yourself out, but it doesn't sound like you're, you're to be counted out mm-hmm. at all. Oh, wait, wait. I used to be the cute one. And all the old guys would look at me. Then I was in the coffee shop and the old guys were saying, move, we want to look at the cute one. Now I'm in the old guy section. So it's okay. You know, like you can't, time happens and you got to go on. Yeah. I don't have any good examples of people in front of me who learned how to, you know, God, I would sleep around so much. Like I just check into a bathhouse on Friday and come out on Monday morning. Mm. And I could do that now, but it probably, you know, it's just not the market. I don't know. There's a daddy resurgence these days. Well, I'm a lot. I'm like an inch away from being a drag queen. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to go back. If it's yeah. okay. You touched on this idea of influence. And from what I read, and correct me, please, but the, your, your, um, your experience with MacArthur and then the police after that, um, from what I gather, you felt like you could have influenced a lot more than you did if people were to just listen to you and like how important your voice was that was just lost, not because of your own fault, but because of the authority's fault. Um, I have no regrets. Like there's, there's things I wish could be different, but we can only get better when we look at the past and allow it to be what it is and not wish it to be something else. Mm. So I didn't have a voice. They weren't going to listen to me. In fact, when he was rearrested, I was hit doubly again. And they called me up and they asked for Mark Alexander on the phone. And I knew who it was because he just had been arrested. And I'm, I'm Mark Henderson. With, I got him on the, the DNA. I, I demanded that his blood be tested and put on the DNA grid in 2001. Wow. So I knew they'd call me and I'd called crime stoppers and Finally, some idiot calls me Mark Alexander, and I said, "I'm Mark Henderson." Because oh, 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 that's sorry. I, I had, I had your street mixed in there. And then at times they called me Mark David Henderson, and I'm not Mark David Henderson. Jesus. So my own name, Mark David Henderson, and Mark Alexander. There's three aliases the police have for me right now. They don't take that blame. They assign that blame to me mm-hmm. in 2018. They tell me, don't talk to anybody. So I'm gagged. And every night in the news, fucking Adrian Galbriel on City TV is Mark. Mark Henderson prosecuted. Mark Henderson Oscar. Oh, fuck that. I will just say this. I have eight experiences, which Adrian Galbriel knows, that I do not charge men to have sex with. Mm. That's all I'll say on that. Yeah. But I also know that when he has a retraction on a story that involves me, it could be another lead story, and that's all that's important to people like that. So mm-hmm. I was beat up by the system, the police. Uh, I was called a liar, and yet I never had an interview. So where did I lie? No one took a statement from me. They didn't take a statement from me because once he goes to headquarters after he attacks me and says, I did it, he's just facing a guilty charge. Right. I'm evidence. I don't even need to be there. So... Um, 2018, I've got the media coming at me. I've got people in my hallway, like banging on my door. Uh, I was making about a hundred grand the year before as a model and doing the whole, you know, fashionista Santa thing. And, mm. uh, sort of people would go out on the subway and look at someone like you and say, take off your outfit. We'll give you a hundred bucks. He's going to pose in it and then we'll get right back to you. Like they thought it was really cute to make an old guy look young. Mm-hmm. I thought it was completely offensive, but, you know, I'm yeah. like, I'm not making Marco on, you know, with a suitcase. 
I'm, I, I was exploiting. I was exploiting them twice as hard. The um, the media really came out, and I was nuts, right? I I would I would wrap sheets and wear several hats and go up grocery shopping at no frills because I had no money coming in suddenly. Mm-hmm. In fact, I can tell you for the last four years since the killer's arrest from acting and modeling, I've made four hundred dollars. I went from being the guy mm-hmm. to nothing. And they still won't see me. Even when they're casting the people people who play the killer, they won't see me because I'm Mark Anderson. So it just keeps going. But I, I would go, I'd dress crazy and go grocery shopping so that the news teams would pull up beside me and they'd go, not today, let's go. And they'd wow. give me a break. But I was at the No Frills at Sherman and Bloor and I walked by a bench and on the sun, the Charles Sun, it said, Police release, police release MacArthur. And I fainted. I've never fainted before since I just fainted. And then I just remember running home after. Oh my God. And I called my sister, who's like, she's the only person that made it through all this with me. Um, and she said, no, no, no. It's, they had him in 2015 and they released him then. And if you open the page, it just, the rest of the story was there. I thought they let him go. Mm-hmm. I, I still wake up in the middle of the night and I think there are people standing around my bed. I, I don't want to moan too much about stuff like that, but sure. I'm, I'm absolutely alone. And I I found a therapist. I really liked her. She gave me a year of free therapy. And I would love to go back. I heard yeah. Mara Robert. I would love to go back. But, you know, nobody cares about me. The other dead guys, they're dead. They don't have an image problem. But Mark Henderson really has an image problem. Like, you know, I'm fighting to work for free at Loblaws on Saturday with a manager I have to convince. And I'm thinking, um, you kind of want to align yourself with guys like me. Right. Like you. So the media was bad. The lawyers were bad. I took the lawyers to court during the trial. I forbid them from mentioning me or releasing documents. Because I thought, I'll wait till I have control over that and I'll release them myself. Mm-hmm. And I'll make every fucking dollar I can off it. Which, if you're already being called the, the prostitute and the, the hooker, I'm paying the price for that every day. People think that, you know, he's just been a prostitute and escort his whole life. No. I I was a nurse. I wrote Princess Dive. She came to see me at work. When she and Charles... You're the one that wrote her for the Casey house. Yeah, yeah. Wow. She came to see me. And my friend Stephen, who was a, the patient, um, she was going up uh, university with Prince Charles, and their limo slowed down, and the window came down, and she waved at me and my friend Kathy. She waved at me, mm. you know, like crap. And 2018, it was just bad. I ate at food banks that year. I had no money. I didn't know what to do. I'm not moaning. I'm just sort of saying, I know how strong I am. Mm-hmm. I own the seat I'm taking in this chair. Yeah. And I know that each one of you has a story that would break my heart or be a Steven Spielberg movie if you told me everything. I know that. I know we all face stuff. Mm-hmm. A pimple to a beauty queen is a big deal. It's a problem for her. I get it. I get it. Um, my stuff just is, from a historical point of view, before I go, I want to leave enough crumbs so someone can someday get come together. I know it's just circling. <laughs> Isn't a helicopter at the end of the, the interview with the vampire? <laughs> 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 Literally. So, 
it's time for us to have the 30th anniversary of Halloween. Mm. And I'll wrap this up so don't keep going on and on, but it's time to have fun. We can we can go out and fuck and we're not gonna kill each other. Yeah. We can go out and just get drunk and fall down on the street. And there's a whole system set up by the BNI who are orchestrating Halloween now and have taken it into good order. Oh, I give away a thousand dollars every year to the best costume. So cool. an organization was it was named, let's, let's say the fraternity, but that's not what it is. Like, but it was just a gay men's organization took over Halloween for you. And they said, you can't give up the thousand dollars. So for that year, I didn't. And then they elected the best costume was uh, Mrs. Butterworth. And it was a drag queen named Fancy in blackface. Hey. <laughs> so oh. I came back with the thousand dollars the following year and I'm taking control and I am the king of Halloween and you're not going to take that away until I'm dead and even then I will still be the king of Halloween because I was there first and I give away a thousand bucks and so people do like to spend time with me on Halloween night it's funny how having a thousand dollars cash you just hand to somebody where so 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 for those people who want to either witness Church and Alexander, there's a hair salon right yeah. there in the corner. Mm-hmm. I think it's a one one hair salon. That sounds right. And I'm I'm there on their staircase. I've called all kinds of vampires to come with me. I want us to be all like incestuous horrors. Cool. And <laughs> I I also want to say just to take another head off. I called Proud FM and there's this guy named Jared there who does a show and he said, Mark, you're old. This story's heavy. You got all this heavy shit around the murder in Halloween. Nobody wants to hear that. When I took over the shop, I just wanted fun, young, and, and, and uh, upbeat. So this year, I want to have fun. I want to yeah. give away a thousand bucks to somebody. Just be somebody I think is cute. Last year, I gave it to a little kid from Iran mm-hmm. who was dressed as a hot dog. You know, his family was big mustard ketchup and we're in Ralph. <laughs> That's so cute. So, <laughs> the, um, so what time? You said uh, nightfall. From from let's say six o'clock on okay. till midnight, and it's it's huge and it's a big fuck you to Proud FM. They mm. they don't want me. Sure. I don't want I don't want them. There's something. There's an interesting point here about Halloween as a as a concept as an idea is that I think why queer people flock to Halloween so much is it's because we all have such traumatic backstories and we all have uh, we all come with heaps of pain and horror. But what we have learned to do as a collective, as a community, is turn that pain, turn that horror into um, festivity. Yeah. Uh, to when, when you're told that there's um, like a god and a devil and the devil's the one that's going to embrace you. And it's like, well, I'll just fucking embrace the devil then. Yeah. Like, I'll dance with the demons and then everyone gets mad at that. Tonight when I was posing at the Queen's Park, this morning again, Christian Colbert, she started to talk to me. I'm like, like bitch, I'm Dracula. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck off. You didn't the character. You think you're going to get to me? I don't believe in God. But I think when we're dead, we're dead. She was freaking out. I'm going to pray for you. I'm like, don't fucking bother. I'm Dracula. <laughs> don't waste your energy. Start melting. I'm already dead. <laughs> um, but we need to wrap this up because I yes. need to vote in the municipal election. To wrap it up, I would like to wrap up on a positive thing. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Tell us something that happened in the past day, week, month, however long. Um, and before you do that, can you plug your TikTok for our listeners? Yeah, TikTok, TikTok and Twitter is at Mark the Model. Cool. And uh, gotta be worried to the Twitter. <laughs> and um, Instagram, Facebook is Mark Henderson after Model. Fantastic. Thank you so much. I planned my my ending story. Yes. It, I hope it's uplifting. I think you'll understand. So, this guy's sitting on a bench, and I'll do this first. The guy's sitting on a bench, and he's like, I'm done. I'm out. I'm going to jump in front of the vehicle. And he sees a truck coming, he stands up. And at the last second, he chickens out and sits down. and goes, fuck, can't even do that right. 
And then uh, he looks and a Mack truck is rolling down that hill. And just about the same time, a bus is coming and he looks across the street and sees a lady and she smiles and gives him a little wave. And in that time, it stopped him and the Mack truck went clean on by. Mm -hmm. And he never saw her before, never saw her again. But that one smile changed the direction of his life. Now, a lot of miracles happened in that man's life between that night. But the most recent one is that you asked him to be here. Wow. And I'm truly grateful you guys have done this because it's like water to a plant in the middle of the desert. I'm truly grateful to be here with you guys. Sharing this space with you, I'm so... We're the great Yeah, I'm the grateful one. For sure. Yeah. So without further ado, um, Mark, thank you, thank so, you so, much. so much. Check him out. Give him a follow. Give him some love. And um, wear your best fucking Halloween costume. And then uh, we'll see you on fucking Halloween night. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs>